This podcast is brought to you by Catch the Fire Boulder, where we're more than a church. We're family. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please go to ctfboulder.com. Such a fun bunch. <laughs> I think Steve's like, do you need a chair? Whoa. I don't know. We're going to try and do this without. As soon as uh, I went up to the upper room to, to pray this morning, uh, it was just like life, 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 more and more life coming up and out and about. And it was very intense, and it still is. Uh, I want to, Isaac and Erica, I see Erica. If everybody would just, with a little more family business, keep their family in prayers. Isaac's um, stepmom just passed away yesterday. And um, so we are with you guys, and we love you, and we're praying for you. Um, and also, I mentioned last week uh, Miramar and the the things that are going on there, and it's really intensifying. Um, our connections all over there. Um, there was military actually um, murdered people yesterday that were protesting, and that the violence is just off the charts horrible. And uh, if you would also be praying, uh, Pam. Beeler mentioned to me the other day their connections in the DR um, Congo. A lot of you don't hear a whole lot about that anymore. Well, it's just as violent as it ever was. People are continuing to just their lives are being taken there, and it's, we need to be in prayer for these um, places, and we need to be aware of what our brothers and sisters are facing around the world. We are so blessed. We have no idea. Some of you that have traveled outside of the um, states might have a clue, but yet none of us really have a clue what our persecuted brothers and sisters go through. Go through, and we need to be keeping them in prayer. So, would you um, just join me right now? And again, we, Lord, we thank you for your body. We thank you, Lord, for our brothers and sisters around the world, for those that are in Myanmar, that are in Vietnam, they're in the Congo, God, all over, in, in Laos. I could go on and on, but we just thank you for strengthening them in the, in the trials and in the tribulations that they go through. We thank you, Lord, for what it produces. And Lord, we know there's so much that we could learn from them about being sold out for you. There's so much that we could learn, Lord, about being strong in you and fully surrendered to you. So Lord, we just pray as a body, as a whole, Lord, we would all be in that place of learning more, <laughs> of growing, seeing you more clearly and what you are doing. And we love you, Lord. We love you. Who was here uh, last week? Can I see some hands? Okay, a good number. So music team. Um, 
we could have you front and center, we're going to start out with some declarations this morning. I know we, I think we ended this way last week, but we're going to start this way. This week. Music team, right here. <laughs> Who's been praying for tenacity and capacity to carry and walk out what God is doing right now? Go ahead, right here. Do we have any here that are wanting to contend until there is a shift? Uh huh. Uh-huh. I got a. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would everybody stand with me? And we are going to make some declarations together today as a body. And we can bring up that first declaration. This is for all of us as a church. We're going to say this together, and we're going to say it like we mean it, not in a passive way. Can we do that? If you look on the screen, go ahead and read it to yourself first to make sure you're in agreement, that we're coming alive, that we're burning for him, that we're hungry and we're thirsty. Can we say amen to that? All right. So... Your church, we're talking to the Lord here, your church is coming alive, burning for you. We are hungry and thirsty. And bring up the next declaration. Thank you, Lord. Worship leaders, if you would just be in receiving mode, and the rest of us are going to declare this over you right now. Over our worship leaders, we declare they walk in their true identity, saying no to the spirit of comparison, and they release the sound of heaven with an anointing and confidence and good character, and we declare they have eyes to see and ears to hear new realms of glory. And now for the songwriters. Again, just receive and everybody else. And if you're a songwriter in this place, you need to be up front here. Chris, what are you doing back there? I said you need to be up here. We've got um, Pam's brother Chris here from France with us, a very gifted songwriting musician. Anybody that writes songs, be up here and just raise your hands that we could declare, come on, (laughs) that we could declare this over you. Thank you, Lord. Here we go. We declare over songwriters, Holy Spirit breathed and inspired songs are the Lord, are released through you. Does everybody agree with all of that? Can we all say amen? Amen. All right. Um, You can all take your seats, but Taylor, I'm going to pick on you one more time. The Lord said to remind you that you are to come under the ox anointing, the pioneering breaker spirit. Don't settle for anything less than his glory and the fullness of his glory. Step into the prophetic mantle that he has for you. Lord, we say yes and amen to the mantle that you've placed upon Taylor for the... Whoa. 
for this season. All for your glory, Lord. All for your glory. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Lots of... Oh, I'll just start. Yeah. Oh, you had the ox dream? Yeah. I had a dream last year, actually, that um, I was at work, and all of a sudden, it was like Holy Spirit interrupted my dream, and I lucid dream, so I can control everything in my dreams. So the fact that my dream was interrupted, I was like, who's doing this? <laughs> but in that dream, Holy Spirit spoke through somebody and said, you handle stress like an ox you hold it in your legs or you you can store it in your legs and I had no idea what that meant I had asked Christy I had asked Lane but just now when you had said that it was like there it is <laughs> I've been asking for a year God what does that dream mean thank you Lord <laughs> um, so I want to remind everybody else again also, that um, praise and worship is not for anybody's entertainment. I want to remind everybody, um, talked about this a lot over the years, and one other thing that um, I've mentioned is praise and worship is not like the appetizer to the main course. <laughs> it is powerful. It is effective. It is hugely important. And so I'm going to share a few things today. What's so funny, Norma? <laughs> you're like, oh, you're just happy. <laughs> um, I, I believe as I share a little bit more about different types of praise and worship, you're going to get it. My prayer um, has just been through this whole thing that you wouldn't just hear the words but you'd receive the words, and then you'd embody them. There would be this activation so that, man, not only are you here early before um, the praise and worship begins, but you are here expecting. You are here all in. You are here body, mind, soul, everything just sold out in worship to him. Because if we're not in that place right now, it's not going to be pretty. This is for, it's all for him. He is worthy. But you know what? It's for our own good, too. We're not going to survive if we're not in that place of all about worshiping him. And so I've mentioned high praise before. And so I'm going to go through a little bit of this, maybe kind of fast and get to some other things. But I want you to know a lot of what I'm saying, I know there could be more that could be said about this, and I'd love to hear from any of you of what you have on. We're going to talk about high praise. We're going to talk about um, priestly praise, uh, pr prophetic praise, apostolic praise. If you, if you have any way that you can be taking notes right now, not necessarily even what I'm saying, but what Holy Spirit's giving you, that we could in, together, um, what's the word, collaborate. I know we're going to get more about this. So as you get more from the Lord today, write it down and send it to me. There's more than what I have, for sure. Um, high praise. I want to say, and if there's any way, there is some seats right here that any of the praise and worship team could fill these. I'd love to have you just right here, because this is for everybody, but especially you guys. It's important not to skip over 
high praise and go right into intimate worship. Guess what? We get to do both. <laughs> Isn't that good news? We are, and many have realized over the years, but we are, um, I guess you could say like a worship-heavy body. And that's good. But we can't skip over the high praise. High praise is throughout the scripture. And just like worship, intimate worship, it's important. And so we get to do both. Um, High praise, man, it welcomes the king of glory. And when we welcome the king of glory, we welcome freedom. We welcome freedom. We welcome the God of salvation. We all desire to see salvations, to see deliverance, to see healings. Guess how we can do that? High praise. <laughs> High praise welcomes that king of glory to come in so we can see him in his splendor, bringing salvation, bringing deliverance, bringing freedom. Uh, Healing. When we high, do high praise, it welcomes the breaker. That whatever needs to be broken off, whatever shift needs to happen, when we enter into high praise, we're saying, yes, Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Do what you want to do. In Psalm 149.6, it says, Let the high praises of God be in their mouths. And I started reflecting on, okay, so what are these high praises? And my first thought was, loud! <laughs> I think high praises, I think loud! Like, uh, and here's the crazy part. How many have been to a, a sports game or a concert or something, and it's loud? It is so loud. You're like, I need, you know, earplugs. Now, we've had that from time to time here. We had it a lot at the Frederick campus. People were like, earplugs? And not only Steve shared a couple weeks ago that there for a while we were known as the smoker church because guess what? We even love people that smoke cigarettes. What can I say? <laughs> but we were known for the music church because <laughs> music was... There's so much high praise, and it was so loud everywhere you went. It was like, oh, you go to that music church. <sighs> why can we do that in concerts, and why can we do that in sporting events? We can be loud and exuberant and jump up and down and scream and holler, but yet we think we can't do that in the church. And some people have even said that's um, irreverent. <laughs> You know what? I think it's actually irreverent if we don't jump up and down and scream and holler and be loud and have high praises in this building for God. That's irreverent. Come on. Where has this mindset gotten? <laughs> We've believed a lie, people. We've believed a lie that we can't be doing that in this place for our king. And I love uh, John Stewart read this morning, and this goes so perfectly uh, with this. Isaiah 59, 19. I'm sorry we don't have this on the slides because I just got it this morning. But the amplified version, listen to this. So... 
Isaiah 59:19, Amplified Version Classic Edition, to be exact. It says, so as the result of the Messiah's intervention, they shall reverently fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him and put him to flight. For he will come like a rushing stream with the breath the Lord drives let that sink in. That's talking about the, the healthy fear of the Lord, the reverent fear of the Lord. That is his breath. Is, it actually drives us to praise. It drives out the enemy. We need to be a part of that. We are not to be spectators. We are a part. There's no other way to put it. We're a part. And so... I'm sorry, not really. <laughs> Why do I always say that? And then I say not really. But I know for some that are more reserved, that might make you nervous. This might make you nervous, this talk of being loud and jumping up and down and being exuberant. But we see it over and over again in the scripture. And we're going to look at a few of those scriptures. And can I tell you, I was that person. I was so shy. I've told you before, you know, growing up, I would hide behind my mom's purse and I'd be like, don't look at me. <laughs> but you know what? We've got to know the word and let the word be in us and let the word be worked out through us, no matter what kind of personality bent or whatever you might have. He needs to rule and reign over that. <laughs> We're all to be evangelists. We're all to be out there to be his witnesses and sharing the good news. So this thing of, well, I'm shy or I'm an introvert or, you know what? That's maybe what the world has placed upon you. But that's not what God has put upon you. He said, be a bold witness for me because of his fire that he baptizes us with, we are no longer that to be this just passive, shy, I don't want to knock on a door and ask anybody if they need prayer. I don't want to witness to anybody in the stores. Who cares? I'm sorry, what you want. It should be about what he wants. It's what he wants. It's what he's equipped you for. It's nothing you even have to do on your own. It's just walking in the truth of who he says that you are. And so, praise. Oh, there's so much in the word. And one of those words is halal, the, the root of hallelujah. When the Hebrews heard this, their understanding was it's about celebration time. They got their celebration on with exuberant, um, clamorous, loud, boasting to the Lord. That's praise. It was intended to be intense. And so, it's okay if it feels a little intense in here sometimes. I hope it does. <laughs> I hope it does. I hope it makes you want to come out of whatever worldly shell that you've put yourself in, whatever lies you've believed. I hope it breaks that off, that then you're exuberant. Psalm 50, 
the, that halal there is over and over and over again. It's praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. It goes on and on and on with symbols. And it ends with, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Do you got some breath today? Anybody? Lee? You're it. (laughs) We've all got some breath. And the Lord tells us what we're to do with it. (laughs) It's it's not rocket science, right? (laughs) We're to praise him. Another time we see this is is in Ezra. It's a tongue twister. 3, 10 through 12. And here they further testify with their shouts. It's this thing of battle cry. It's a thing of victory. They can't help but exuberantly worship the Lord. And that scripture says, when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests stood in their apparel with trumpets and Levites and the sons of Asaph with cymbals to praise the Lord according to the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang responsively. Have you ever thought about that little bit right there before? They sang responsively. When you look at the Lord and we can see him in mighty ways all around us there should be a response again we are not to be spectators but when you look into his fiery eyes there's a response that we are to bring it was a responsive way that they sang, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever toward Israel. Then all the people shouted. All the people whispered. (laughs) No, all the people shouted. They shouted because the foundation of the house was of the Lord was laid. Another Hebrew word for praise in the scriptures is yada. It literally means the hand, especially to revere and worship. So when the Hebrews heard this word for praise, they would physically do something with their hands. They would raise their hands. Throw the microphone. No, they would clap their hands. There's this physical, I know, they're expensive, I'm sorry. There's this physical response throughout the scripture, but we've got to know the scripture. We've got to know what these words are. So are you hearing me? Are you receiving these words? And are you ready to embody them to where, not just in this place, but especially, this is such a safe place to go wild, Okay. I haven't said it for a while, but I continue to say the only rule in this place is to be free, and we take that rule seriously. So you don't have to be this mild, timid, I don't know, passive, stop it. Get wild and crazy for him. He's, He's worthy. He is worthy. I know the belt camps get me. Okay. Um... 
2 Samuel 6. Here's where we see this word again. The ark of the Lord is coming to Jerusalem here. And David, this is where we've heard a lot about this, but David, man, he praised and he danced. (gasps) What? We can even dance? In church? And outside of church? Oh, scandalous. With all his might. Honestly, I I love uh, what Kate and Dom brought a couple weeks ago with what they said about praise and worship, and I'm here to say in vulnerability too, I can't quite picture for myself what would that look like if I danced with all my might. I want to do that. I want to get there, but I don't know, honestly, (laughs) what that would look like. Maybe not so good, (laughs) but it's not about what it looks like to others. It's about what it looks like to him. And I know if we were all to dance with all of our might to him in praise and worship to him, can you imagine how much joy he would just be like, "Mm," beaming. Ah, Thank you, Lord. They were shouting praises loudly. I mean, this is definitely talking about high praise here. Is everybody getting that? Second Chronicles 20. Here you've got King Jehoshaphat in Judah is about to be annihilated, like annihilated. <laughs> like this was not a hopeful situation at all, um, humanly speaking. But they sought the Lord through a national wild, um, not wild, yeah, wild. It's wild to pray and fast, right? So they said, let's, let's pray, let's fast. And God comes through. He comes through. If you have not read 2 Chronicles 20 in a while, read it. Um, they, don't, they find out they don't need to fight. They find out all they need to do is fall down on their face. <laughs> and again, in corporate prayer this morning, that was a lot of what came out, is he fights our battles for us. All we need to do is be about praising him and worshiping him. And it's amazing the battles that will be won. They fell on their, fo- their faces and they worshiped with their voices high. And God came through. The enemies actually annihilated each other. Everybody remember that story? Isn't that a beautiful picture? All we do is worship the one we love with all that we are, with all that we have. And then he does all the fighting. Makes the enemies actually annihilate each other. And you're like, and I'm just going to keep on worshiping. (laughs) What a beautiful picture. That turned into um, the beginning beginning of extended peace. Have you ever experienced high praise? Maybe not like this. Maybe you have, but maybe it's been a while. And God is saying, you know what? It's high time that you experience it again, or maybe for the first time. It's time. What sound um, 
talking about corporate worship. I want to say our corporate worship here on a Sunday morning, it's to embrace and carry an apostolic worship, an apostolic government. It's part of our DNA. It's who we are. And when we carry that, then the presence of the kingdom is here. And some of us get electrocuted, and a lot of other things happen, but it's here. Victory is possible when we have that happening. And so what sound in corporate worship should accompany us? Because we are those that we are called to be architects. We're called to transform society. So what would that sound like? We're called to reform culture, to bring the kingdom's culture. So what does that sound like in our corporate worship? Have you ever thought, how does that all mesh together? We're called to disciple nations. So what sound are we supposed to make when we come together corporately in praise and worship? I'm going to talk about three different kinds of functions of corporate worship that we're to have here. One is priestly. It's this thing of uh, from earth to heaven, we're worshiping God. The church is singing to the Father. Then we have prophetic worship, functions in releasing revelation. And it's a vehicle that carries the voice of God. The church singing from the Father. Then we have apostolic worship. It functions from heaven to earth, and it carries the authority of God. The church singing with the Father. The differences between priestly and apostolic worship, I love the story of the alabaster jar in Luke 7. It's one of the most powerful images of, the, of just personal devotion. It's such a beautiful picture of intimate, personal devotion. And that's what I think about when I think about priestly worship. It's just oh, me and you, Lord, and I'm offering everything to you. And you know what? Jesus, as we saw, was not offended at all when that happened, was he? Some of the religious, religious leaders around him were offended at that. They're like, what are you doing? Like, a year's wages? But Jesus was not offended at that. He was pleased. And he even used it as a teachable moment to show them, no, this, this is priestly worship. This is worship unto me. This is a good thing. Then you've got um, Paul and Silas, though, that were imprisoned for, for demonstrating um, the kingdom. And the kind of worship then that they gave out from that jail cell that they were in, that's that um, apostolic worship of chains breaking off. That's what happens when we are in agreement with apostolic worship. Chains get broke off. They were singing in that place at midnight, and the very foundations were shaking. It resulted in freedom. <laughs> freedom. There's a 
apostolic worship throughout the Bible. Psalms 2 is another example where it's almost nothing but just like this outwardly declaration declaring the dimension of heaven to come to earth. It's stating that Jesus, he's the supreme king over the nations. It's making those truthful declarations that break off lies off of people's lives. It speaks directly to the nations, calling them to worship. There is, there's always a response that we're to have. And we just need to tap into that discernment of what is it in this place, in this time. What's crucial to understand in this psalm is that David, he was impacting the spiritual realm as he was telling the nations, like, God is the king. He is the king. And we need to praise him. He is the king. Do you realize not all of the kingdoms could actually hear David when he was saying this. Here he is, singing this song, proclaiming in an apostolic way the truths. It was more than just about those that were in earshot of him. It was to the atmosphere. It was to the regions around him. Our words go further than those that are just in earshot of our words. When we speak them out into the atmosphere, it makes a difference. We can't say enough. I love, Joel has said many good things about self-talk. That is huge. It is huge. The way we talk about ourselves, the way we talk about others, the way we talk about God, the things that we proclaim, just every word spoken. You look at how things came to be through the spoken word. We can't not put enough importance upon the spoken word. So David makes declarations that set a mark down on the earth of how things are to line up with heaven's perspective. All right? It's not, heaven's not going to line up with earth's. It's not going to happen. <laughs> and our job is to tell earth, you line up with heaven's perspective, bringing heaven to earth. In the first three verses of this, there's peoples, there's kings, there's rulers, and they're all set against God. They are conspiring, they're plotting, um, gathering others together. Those aren't passive thoughts, right? <laughs> Just like what's happening in Myanmar right now, where the, the military took over the rulers of the uh, country, and then the people are rising up and they're protesting everywhere. This is not a passive thing. It's actions. And a lot of times our declarations are what starts there being more activation walked out. You know you have to think it, right? And then you speak it, and then you act on it. It's just the natural progression of things. So we, be, we need to begin to be thinking more about what God is thinking. What does his word say? And then we need to be speaking that out, seeing that out declaring that out so that we can all walk together in unity and have it carried out. Both prison breaking worship um, of Paul and Silas and this worship that David had in Psalm 2, 
there's some different points I want to bring out about apostolic worship from these. And one is it partners with the resurrected Jesus. Apostolic worship and words spoken out, it partners with the resurrected Jesus. It's not a defeated mindset that you're speaking with. It's a victorious mindset that you're speaking with. It shakes foundations. Like we said, it opens prisons doors. It's what it does. It results in chains falling down, breaking, falling loose. No more chains, but freedom. And just as um, apostle means sent one, so apostolic anointing and declarations and worship, it causes this sense of being sent. You can't be passive when you're making apostolic declarations and you're involved in apostolic worship. It's going to cause you to get up and do something with the words that he's spoken to you. It releases the reality of God's authority now. Anybody, anywhere, when they say, Jesus is the King of Kings, He is the Lord of Lords, that is such a proclamation of truth and releasing of power and presence. We, we think it's, I don't know, not important, that it's cliche, or, but be aware of the words that you're speaking and how it's changing the atmosphere around you. It's huge. So again, priestly worship functions earth to heaven. Prophetic worship um, is about releasing revelation. Apostolic moves um, heaven to earth. It's partnering, partnering with Jesus as king. Priestly worship engages the bride, the church, as a captive bride. It's that when there's that priestly intimate worship, it's where his bride He's our bridegroom. Apostolic worship activates the church as kingdom carriers. We are a people that are to carry his kingdom and be his bride at the same time. Apostolic worship, when it's expressed, it's a sound that carries the government of God. It expresses the sound of heaven. And sometimes just for that moment, when we're tapping into what's going on in heaven, and that's expressed through worship, through songwriting, it's huge. Music and declarations, songs that are decreed by apostles, that are decreed by prophets, we can't even begin to measure the effect that it has. And again, not just in this room, but it goes forth from here. In 1 Samuel 19.20, there was three groups of people that were overwhelmed by the presence of God as the prophets and the musicians worked together. And I have to say, I just love, I love you all so much, but there is such a highlight right now on you, Taylor. <laughs> The prophets and the musicians working together. And when you've got that, yeah, in one vessel right there, it's very powerful. Um, apostolic worship has a sentness about it, as I said before, just as the word apostle means the sent one. Apostolic worship has a sentness about it. 
So here's what I see and hear and feel as we continue to embrace this and walk it out. I see increasingly new places of his presence that are easily reached in our corporate times. Are you ready to reach into some new places of his presence in our corporate worship times? Because ready or not, right, Pam? (laughs) Ready or not, it's going to happen. It's what I see. It's what I hear. It's what I feel. I see a marrying of worship and fivefold ministry gifts. The pastor, the prophet, the evangelist, the apostle, the teacher, the worshipers. It's the body all as one coming together. And there's this marriage that's going to happen that is powerful. I see where apostolic and prophetic and evangelists, the pastors, the teaching gifts, they are being raised up within the songwriters in this place. And they're placed alongside the songwriters in this place to have this synergy. Songwriters with the teachers, with the evangelists. It's all together. It's all together. Releasing that governmental sound that should be coming forth from this place. And I see declarations being being released that release a shift across entire regional structures. A lot of you know, but we've got three principalities in this area, and there's been a lot of shifting And they're crumbling. And as we begin more and more to realize the power of our words, the power of our corporate declarations, we're going to see them completely crumbled and be no more. It's for his purpose. His purpose. And you know what? The sound's going to be intense. It's going to be aggressive. It might tend to rub you the wrong way if you're not on board. So you might as well just get on board, right? (laughs) I think I mentioned last week, or I have lots of times, but I don't know. Misty Edwards has had a song for years that talks about, I don't want to be offended by you, Lord. And it's just, that's where we need to be. Like, if it's time that as a corporate body, we're dancing with all our might and we're shouting and we have this exuberant high praise going on, then let's just all do it together. If that's what we're feeling he's calling us to do. If it's a time of intimate, just the bride to her bridegroom on our face, worshiping him, then let's just do that together. I see kingdom businesses from this. Fortune 500 CEOs, evangelists, and miracle workers accelerate the kingdom in their sphere of influence, saying what they hear to say and doing what they see to do. If you are a business owner right now, I'd like you to stand up. Thank you, Lord. 
It's so exciting, you guys. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Hold on tight. Hold on tight to him. Because <laughs> I see your businesses going through the roof. As you are speaking what he's speaking. And you're doing what you see him do. And you're a part of this apostolic governmental declarations of his truth, of he is king. You need to declare those things over your businesses. Lord, you are king over this business. And no matter what it looks like, I was talking with Isaac yesterday or the day before, it's like you can have all these different bids and whatever, but then you're always like, you lay it out there to Holy Spirit and go, you know, (laughs) yes, no, over here, over here. You let him have the the final say and hold on tight. Because things are getting ready to take off. I'm not going to say anymore because I think it's with some of my own knowledge that I have on that. But um, look around the room, and I want you to be intentional about blessing each other that are standing up right now. Can you do that? Look around the room. See who else is standing right now. And try to even get with one of them in just a few minutes, and pray a blessing over them. Pray, pray blessings over each other. We're in this together. We're one body with Christ as the head. That's what the scripture says. So let's look like it. I see, and you guys can go ahead and sit down. I see emerging worshipers enforcing the will of God on earth. <sighs> Do you know we can enforce his will on earth through our worship? <sighs> We're going to take, and we are taking, what is a prevailing atmosphere, and we're bringing heavens. We don't have to, I love, again, Joyce Meyer and Battlefield of the Mind, we don't have to just take every thought that comes into our head and meditate on it, right? So whatever presence is prevailing right now, in this room, outside of this room, in your workplace, in your schools, you don't have to just accept that. But you're there to change it, to bring his presence in. And when that happens, there's not room for another. He's he's pretty big. He takes up all the room. (laughs) But it's, it's up to us to bring that, to bring his presence across the street with those yummy teas and <laughs> shakes. If you've not went over across the street yet and got a yummy tea and shake, you need to do that. <laughs> Wave at everybody, Judith. You got to see Judith if you don't know what I'm talking about after service, okay? We prayed for their business last week, do lots, and it's taking off. Man, is there more to come. There's more to come as the weather gets nicer, and they're talking about doing exercise uh, classes. Oh, man. They're going to need help. (laughs) We need to be praying for them. That's what each and every business owner in this place know that you're not alone. 
Thank you, Lord. Would you um, stand with me? And if our musicians and beautiful singers want to come back up, I encourage you to go back and you don't necessarily have to listen to everything I've said today, but go back after this is posted on Facebook, on YouTube, Spotify, everywhere that it is, and just listen to how we started off today with the worship. And I want you to identify the songs that we did this morning and what category they fit into. Was there some high praise? Was there some priestly praise? Were there times that we were actually decreeing things? It was more of an apostolic praise. I tell you, since I've been just going through the word and looking at all this, anytime I, I hear a song now, even if it maybe wasn't meant to be um, an apostolic type of declaration, I'm hearing it a lot. The other day I was taken back to, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Remember, man, we sang that over and over and over when it first came out because it was so powerful. But it was like, I was listening to that again and it was this thing of declaring, not just, oh, I'm praising you, Lord, because I'm not a, I'm not a slave to fear anymore. But I was in a place now where I'm like declaring, this is who I am. I am not a slave to fear, you know? So, so many different songs. What is God saying your part is in it at the time? Is it priestly worship? Is it apostolic worship? Is it prophetic worship? I just want you to be more aware of that. So go back how we started out. Listen now as we, we end. And in the weeks to come, just be aware and press in that we can all be on the, the same page. Can I get an amen?